This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Welcome to For Science Sake. Thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you. And I hope that you were with us earlier this week when we started a subject about authority and being connected to headquarters. And we're going to be reading again from Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 5 through 13. The story of the Romanian centurion coming to Jesus because his servant was lying ill at home. Why don't we start right with that right now in Matthew chapter 8, beginning with verse 5. And when he had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, entreating him and saying, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering great pain. And he said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go and he goes, and to another come and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And I say to you, that many shall come from east and west and and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom shall be cast into the outer darkness. In that place there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, let it be done to you as you have believed. And the servant was healed that very hour. Junie, as we said on previous programs, the centurion is a real example for all of us as believers because he was a man under authority which enabled him to have all authority. And he saw something in Jesus whose authority was even far greater than his because he had authority over the unseen, over the spiritual, as well as the natural. And of course, Jesus, in reply to hearing the centurion's heart, said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. So we see a dramatic connection here, Junie, between being under authority and having authority and being called by Jesus great faith. And we need to examine this. And at the same time, I think we closed yesterday's program by talking about this. While he was a man under authority, the power of the Roman state was transmitted to him. So he became not only an instrument of the state, or you might say a man under authority, 
but he also possessed the whole power of Rome to carry out its will. So in other words, he became a man of authority. He was the representative of the one that dominated and controlled him. It controlled his life, and through him, he was able to carry out the purpose and pleasure of Rome. He embodied the authority of Rome. Junie, what a message for all of us, because in a humble way, and we need to point out that this man was extremely humble. He said, you don't even have to come to my house. After all, you are the Lord. You are the Messiah. I'm not even a Jew. And he came meekly. In fact, it says in in the account of this in Luke that he sent some elders to speak to Jesus because they didn't even feel qualified or worthy to speak to him directly. So we see out of humility, God will invest authority in us if we are men and women who come under the authority of God. And I think we need to see, Junie, that as believers, it's not an individual walk with the Lord. It's not just Jesus and me or God and me, but we need to demonstrate the life of the Messiah in us. In other words, we become vessels and instruments, just as the centurion was an instrument of the Roman Empire and under the subjection of the emperor, we are subjects of the Most High God through Jesus under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not only do we come under the authority of him and obey his word, but we are then invested with the authority that he has. In fact, I think of the word that says, where Jesus says, greater things shall you do. But it only comes through the authority of God. And may God help us to be that kind of men and women under authority and also demonstrating the authority of the Lord himself. And Shelley, it, uh, it points out in Matthew that um, to see, to be a man under authority, Jesus connected that with faith because he's told the centurion that um, in verse 10, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. But it's interesting because this centurion understood and knew all Jesus had to do was say the word. He didn't even have to come to his house. He saw the authority that was given to Jesus by the Father in heaven to speak and All the angels were under his authority, and it caused Jesus to marvel, it says in verse 10. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, meaning the Israelites who were following him, truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. And in in Mark chapter 6, verse 6, it's interesting that Jesus couldn't do any miracles in Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. And this is the only other time in the scriptures that Jesus marveled. He marveled at their unbelief. So, Shelley, as you said yesterday and pointed out, you and I and every listener have the option to cause Jesus to marvel, either at our unbelief, in other words, not trusting him, 
not looking to him as Messiah and Lord, not um, giving our heart to him, not wanting to know his heart and his will and have his eyes to see, he'll marvel. Or we can cause Jesus to marvel by coming under his authority, by giving our heart to him as the Messiah and as the Son of God and trusting him, believing him, and knowing that all he has to do is speak to us and we will obey. You know, Junie, you bring up such a vital point, great faith. He's, Jesus said, I've not seen such great faith. You know, what What are the elements, who you think, Junie, that go into this great faith? And I think you touched on it. He just was willing to hear the word from Jesus. And it wasn't just a word that was spoken, but it was a word that had truth and authority behind it. And when we can come to that place, we need to be men and women who exercise great faith. But it's almost like what Mary said at the Feast of Cana. Be, uh, I'm sorry, what Mary said when the angel Gabriel told her that she was going to conceive by the Holy Spirit, the Savior, and the Lord himself. She said, be it unto me according to thy word. You see, I see it's almost the same thing here, Junie. The word of God needs to be accepted for the word of God and bring obedience into our life. So if we are under the authority of the word, the word becomes the very standard of our living, and that becomes our authority that we could speak to others as well. You know, Shelley, our standard of living is what stood out in my ear when you spoke of great faith. Because so many times, Shelley, whether we've come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, which makes us uh, Christians, in other words, Mashiach followers, Christ followers, um, so many times we turn to him as a last alternative. Or when we get into trouble, then we turn to him. But one who has great faith is one who every day and every moment of every day is aware that there is a living God and our desire would be to live in, by, and through what he is. And Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So one who has great faith chooses to believe God, to trust God, not because things look good or because we're getting our own way, but because he is God. And it's simple, because he is God. And so we trust him in the good times and in the bad times. We trust him in sickness and in health, when we're rich or when we're poor. And you know, that's really the vow that we take in marriage to one another. And really, our relationship with the Lord is like a marriage. And there's no option for divorce with the Lord or if we take a vow in marriage to God. And this is what uh, believers have fallen so far from that we need to return to our first love and repent that we can be like the centurion who really had great faith because he understood because of the way he lived his natural life. 
He understood the power and the authority that was given to the Messiah in the spiritual world. You know, Junie, while you were talking, this thought came to me. There's such there's been such a depreciation of the value of the word. You know, when we were younger, you you went by the word of man. If a man told you something, you accepted his word, and that there was an authority in it. That was a contract, Shelley. Exactly the word, right. The word that was spoken. But now in the world, a word doesn't mean anything. You could break a promise. You could you could say something and not mean it. We could change our mind. And the sad thing is that this has come and infiltrated itself into the church where when we go on a to a service whether it's uh, whatever day of the week it is whether it's in a synagogue or in a gathering of the church the word doesn't have the effect that it used to have because we're not under the authority of the lord and we're not under the authority of the word of god and we need to begin to exercise great faith by obeying the word of god yes Shelley, and you know we need to divide the secular from the holy and we need to become God's holy people separated from the world the world system and separated from our own will our own ways giving our will over to the Lord giving our heart over to the Lord and trusting him in and through all things every moment of every day of our life Thank you, Lord. Father, we cry out for us and for our listeners, great faith to be a way of life, great appreciation and obedience to the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. May we, as God's people, come under the authority of the Word of God and speak the Word with authority and demonstrate the life of the Messiah. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.